Happy Father's Day weekend to all the dads out there and actually to everyone who has a reason to be celebrating and or acknowledging Father's Day for you dads, grandfathers, pseudo dads, anyone who has been a, a dad figure to another person and all of those who are going to be recognizing those dads in their lives. Welcome once again. And I just uh, would like to invite you now to put on the brakes grab a cup of coffee and join today's conversation because it's time for Coffee Breaks with Steve. When I was first thinking about doing this and thinking about highlighting our dad, I, I was just thinking, I can do this. I've got background information. I can ask my siblings questions. And I thought, you know what? It really makes a lot more sense to have the three of you here with me because you've got your own perspectives and, and I want to talk about it. It's going to be, this is going to be a little bit interesting at first because I want to do a little brief background and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this or we're not going to have time to talk about dad is dad. But I think it helps to give some perspective if we let people know a little bit about his background, where he came from, because I think that gives some idea of how he was as a dad, what we saw of him um, when we were growing up. But uh, our dad was actually born in what was then the kingdom of Yugoslavia, now what would be modern day Croatia in Zagreb and back in, in 1927. And his family was Jewish. And so as you can imagine, and there's a picture of, of the family, it's our grandparents, our grandma and grandpa Glavin, and then dad laughing there on grandma's lap or near her lap. And then our aunt Mira, uh, who is dad's younger <laughs> sister by three years. But they were a Jewish family in Croatia, in Europe, in think about this in the 1920s, 1930s. And so you can, you know, picture what was happening. And here's just some pictures of dad over the years as he was growing. It was a good looking kid. He was a good looking man. Um, but as, as Jews living in Croatia, there came a point where the, as the Nazis influence began to spread that it affected them. They first of all, um, became Catholics, joined the Catholic church as a way to try to cover up this, the, fact that they were Jewish and the persecution that would come. And then about a year later, they also changed the family name. My dad was actually born. What was dad's name when he was born, guys? Bronco, Bronco Glasser. Bronco Glasser. Bronco Glasser. <laughs> the family name was Glasser, not Glavin. And dad's name was Bronco, B-R-A-N-K-O, Bronco. And uh, they, the family changed the name from Glasser to Glavin, because Glasser was a very Germanic name that the legend goes, and supposedly this is true, that uh, our grandfather very much disliked the Germans. And at, at some point when someone was looking at his papers and saw the name Glasser, they said, ah, Glasser, fine German name. And it made him so mad, he immediately started the process of changing the name. But Glasser was also often considered not only Germanic, but Jewish. And so there was some concern that would further associate them with their background. And so the last name was changed to Glavin, which ironically, the, the word Glava in Croatian means head. And so Glavin, while there's not a direct translation, 
could be considered to mean headstrong or stubborn. Uh, definitely. What's that? Big head. Big headed. Big headed. Just so, you know, however that fits in, right? Um, but they ended up fleeing Croatia, Yugoslavia, Croatia to Italy, uh, parts of which by then had been liberated. And while they were still, at times, they were there, they weren't under the same persecution and had to go through a process that ultimately brought them to America um, in, I think it was around 19, I think I have that on here, so I should look. Yeah, 1949, after the war, that they came to America and ended up in Oregon. And uh, there's dad as a young adult, probably around the, the time that he was getting really settled in uh, to the United States. But he also, good looking guy, I should look so good, you know, I should have looked so good at that age. I'm telling you right now, it didn't happen. You'll get but there. But he also, what's that? <laughs> you'll, you'll get there eventually. I, I'm hoping. But dad also served in the military. In fact, his naturalization as an American citizen wasn't even complete when he served in the military, uh, served in the army. And, uh, and then in 1953, he married our mom. And um, you can see the one picture there shows an early point before, uh, Scott, this is before you, it's before you and Corey, but this is when we were still in a little town called Wishram, Washington, shortly after Carla was born. So that's me, Kathy, and Carla in this picture with our parents. Yeah, Corey and I were built, uh, born into a world of color. <laughs> by the time and, and it wasn't even the film I mean it was just I think the world was actually grayscale back then. Um, this picture by the way is taken at Aunt Mira's house well, this is in Aunt Mira's you're right this wasn't taken in Wishram and that's that's obvious by the background which we recognize which I'm sure Kay recognizes um, as well in in this particular picture but um, just kind of pause here and talk a little bit you know that our parents divorced in the early 1970s and for a while we were all living with our mom, but we all eventually ended up with dad. And I think Scott, your perspective on growing up with dad is probably a bit different from what at least Kathy and I, maybe Carla can remember, but as a young child, I mean, Kathy, what, what are your recollections about dad when we were young kids? Very frankly, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> didn't he wasn't a real hands-on dad with us when I when I was a kid I mean I do not have a lot of memories with dad um as I mean I, I he was there it's not that he wasn't there but as far as doing things with my dad I I remember going to see him at work at um at the train station in Wishram and remember how that smelled. I mean, I, I certainly remember him always being there, but as far as real hands-on, he wasn't when we were kids. Yeah. I think Corey and Scott definitely grew up with a different dad than we did. Carla, what about you? I mean, you were kind of in the middle. I mean, Carla is literally the middle child and there's a, a few years on either side. Kathy and I were, were close together. Corey and Scott were close together and there was a little bit of a gap in the middle. What do you remember about dad? <laughs> when you were growing up, Carla? I, I guess I remember him being a little more hands-on with me. I remember playing with him on the weekends. Um, we had a game that we played where I would, he would tighten up his 
stomach muscles and I would run as fast as I could towards him and bounce off of his belly, his hard belly with my head. I'm, and that was just a game we played a lot. Um, you know, taking the, the funny papers from each other on Sunday morning, stuff like that. He was a little more playful, I think, with me. Um, and then, you know, after Scott and Corey came, that all went away. Scott and Corey ruined <laughs> everything for me. Yeah, uh, but you know that, That's but, when I became a middle child. That's when you became, that's true, because you were the baby for yeah. several years. Um, yeah. Scott, your perspective. Uh, you know, I think dad, uh, by the time, by the time Corey and I came along and got a little bit older, I think he was, um, um, I hate to use the word jaded. Um, but <laughs> I think he was, I think he was tired. Um, <laughs> he, he used to go bowling a lot um right. i used to go to dance classes a lot um <laughs> yeah. yeah i i think you know obviously i think a lot more hands-on with with cory and i you know potentially i think again because we spent the most time with him um mm -hmm. you know and, and moved with him and, and went to the different places um but i still i tell frank's grandkids and great grandkids all the time i'm like you got the best you got the best of frank because he was the Frank as he got older and had grandkids and great grandkids um, and was playful and 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 and, uh, you know, very interactive was far different, I think, from from us growing up. Um, and again, like you said, Stephen, it's not like he wasn't involved and he did. He didn't show, you know, the the love and the uh, the support and those type of things. I think it was just he was far more uh, stoic, far more. Um, he was there, but he was just kind of there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that that did evolve a bit more as Corey and I got older, and then definitely much more so um, as he got older and started having the grandkids and great grandkids. You know, it's funny because you you mentioned stoic, and there have been a couple of comments in the in the chat here, like uh, Kathy Glavin saying the first time that she met him. It's the first time I met him. He told me a woman's place is in the kitchen, and being a foreigner and old school, I thought he was serious. He laughed about that all the time. Funny old guy, and, and yeah. he, he would say things. Um, my son Christopher says that as we talk about the fact, and we'll get to this, that he many of his family members including grandkids would say, Hey, Frank, you know, I was a Frank. I mean, they call him grandpa or they would call him dad, but it was just as common to say Frank. And sometimes that would just be to get his attention. But I remember one time Christopher talking about this and I don't recall it, that grandpa Frank was visiting and, uh, and Christopher said something to him and said, um, Frank and, and grandpa said, Oh no, you call me grandpa. And, and he was kidding. But Christopher was like intimidated by it. And he said for a long time, he was kind of scared of grandpa because Dad, and Dad had a, a scary accent. He had, I mean, he wasn't necessarily angry, but he sounded, can we all do Frank? We can all do Frank, can, right? What are you boys doing out there? I can't even think of it. He sounded, yeah, yeah. No. He sounded scary, intimidating. Yeah. Uh, he had no accent. 
<laughs> there was no accent there. I don't hear it. But it's, yeah, it was, and that was part of the fun. And by the way, you know, especially as time went by, I mean, I remember growing up with dad being somewhat intimidated by him. He was very hands-off. He was kind of distant. And I recall a point when I was probably around 12 years old that I, I, in retrospect, I kind of know what happened is that mom pulled him aside this before they were divorced and basically said, you know, you, you need to have a relationship with your son while he's growing up. He's getting close to teenage years and you need to have a relationship with him. And she kind of forced dad to take a Saturday where dad and I just spent the whole day together, went out and did some things, went to lunch. And it was awkward because we really hadn't spent that kind of time. I didn't know how to relate to him. He didn't know how to relate to me. And so it was really kind of that there was that sense. But I want to talk for a minute about the, a little bit more about the Frank, the dad thing from each of your perspectives, because you had those approaches to him, different points of relationship and your own kids and your grandkids in some cases also had that relationship with grandpa or great grandpa, Frank. And, and what was the whole, from your perspective, the whole thing about just calling him by his first name? When Rod it, wasn't dis, it wasn't disrespect. No, when Rod and I got married, he had not yet met Frank. <laughs> we got married in Utah and then we came to Oregon on our honeymoon so he could meet my family. <laughs> and uh, on the way, on our drive, he said, what should I call your dad? And I said, mm, probably Frank, that's his name. And so, you know, after we got in Portland, settled in and, and uh, Rod asked dad, what would you like me to call you? And he said, Call me Frank. That's my name. And Carla, I swear, Carla went, Frank, like she'd never heard it before. And I totally, totally think that that was kind of the beginning of everybody calling him Frank. In my, in my experience, that was my first experience with him being called Frank. I remember that our, our high school friends, for the most part, called him Frank. I mean, the ones who were close to us, pretty much, right? But they but, weren't. But they weren't his relations, so they could true. call him Frank. That's true. It's different when your kids and your grandkids call you Frank. Yeah. <laughs> so I think. I think. I think. I mean, sorry, but I, I think for, in my perspective, that's what he would answer to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you would say, "Dad, Dad." Yeah. <laughs> and then you Frank and hello. And then it just became commonplace. And that's what everybody called him. I mean, yeah. and he, he referred to himself that way as well. Yeah. I just think it, it just became that was the go-to <laughs> how you referred to him. I, Scott, I don't I'm just gonna mention this right now. I don't know if you saw Kathy McCormick's uh comment. I don't want this to end until I hear Scott imitate Frank. I've heard Steve and he always says Scott does him better. So uh, you were doing I, I, it briefly a minute it. ago. You might as well get it over with. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, the when the people want to talk to me, they will call me Frank. This is my name. Everybody call me. See, it's funny to me because Again, like I said, we had to play a message back to him on our phone that Free he left a voicemail for him. And he, oh, <laughs> I, hear it, I hear it a little bit. I a hear little it bit. a little bit. 
I, I don't think it's I don't think it's very very strong accent though. Carla, your thoughts about the whole Frank approach, Frank the dad, but Frank as as his. I don't know. I mean, I remember when that happened. I remember calling him Frank and thinking that. I mean, I was sixteen, so so I was teenager. It's also because uh, Carla thought she was adopted, so you know, yeah. calling him calling him dad was a bit sacrilegious. Um, I don't know. And then he let me do it, and so it just continued. And you know, years later, it just was a thing. You know, I, I found that I got to a point. I know I don't know if this was all the way along, but I know in the last few years, at least. I was aware of this, and I think it was at least partially conscious. I would refer to him as Frank, but I would typically, when I was having conversations with him first person, I would call him dad. And I think that was just kind of my way of acknowledging that element, making sure that didn't get lost in my own mind and heart in the shuffle. I know that was, you know, that none of us ever, again, there was no disrespect. None of us ever lost that sense of his, he was dad. But for me, that was just something that became a norm, I think. Um, do you have, what are some of the, the funny moments, the funny memories that you have specifically with dad, Carla, besides, you know, running into his stomach head first when you were little, <laughs> were there, especially I think about in more of our older and adult well, years. There, I, was gonna, I was just going to bring up a couple of things when we were younger, like walking into the living room and he'd have like a paper bag on his head, like a hat or, or a he'd have taken sleeve. off his, his uh, necktie after work and wrap it around his head. There was a thing about putting things on his head, but he'd just be sitting there nonchalantly waiting for someone to discover him. He liked that. Yes. Yeah. Anything else, Carla? Come to mind? I think no, he wasn't funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one thing when uh, he was in a he was in a um, an exercise class. He did a lot of different exercise classes several times a week. And one time, Corey came for a visit, and uh, he invited us to come to the exercise class. So we did, we went and it was hilarious. We stood in the back, of course, cause we didn't know anything. We tried to keep up with them, all the people. But Frank was a total class clown. People laughed and laughed. People came over to us throughout the class and said, has he always been this funny? Um, you know, just so, so silly. And apparently th this was how he was every class. It wasn't just for our benefit, but because he was such a, a goof off, a class clown at that point in his life that um, I guess that was a thing, but we were, that was funny. I have a theory on this a little bit. I think that in dad's growing up years when most kids would be goofy and goofing around and having all kinds of fun and, being young, that he was not in that kind of a situation. He uh -huh. was, you know, running away from the Nazis and was in an Italian mm -hmm. refugee camp and all that kind of good stuff. And he didn't have a normal, 
you know, uh, I, I think as a kid, a teenager with your friends and goofing off. And, and so he didn't get to do that until later on, which he referred to himself as a late bloomer. And <laughs> I think that's indeed the case with him. I'll tell you one funny thing that I think of when I think of dad just more recently. And um, because he did live here the last four or five years in an assisted living home, um, less than five minutes from my house. But he would come over at least twice a week for dinner. And at, towards the end, he did not have the use of his legs, hardly at all. He used a walker, but his balance was really, really bad. And he hated that. And he would say, like, Uncle Arley can walk and he's older than me. Look, <laughs> look on TV. The queen, she can walk. <laughs> look, she's standing up. She's walking. Why can't I walk? Um, he was, you know, it was, it, he was just all funny, make these little observations about, about other people. But he was, he was very, very, very unhappy that he couldn't stand up and walk, <laughs> even though older people than him could. Yeah. And and he often referred to, even when he was in the assisted living, he referred to that he was living with a bunch of old people, even though by then he was in his, you know, the inmates. 90s. Yeah, the other inmates. So I think, yeah. I don't know, one, one of my kids may have started the whole inmate thing, but he picked right up on it. He picked up on that. Scott, but he liked it. He was happy there. It wasn't oh, he loved it there. No, yeah, it worked out it. nicely. Scott, what are some of your funny memories of dad? He was hilarious. He was hilarious. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, you know, you brought this up before and I think other people brought my, my joy in life was making dad laugh. Yeah. So <laughs> I did, I did everything I could. Um, but like, even, even times like, you know, when he and I lived in, in Minnesota and it was just the two of us, um, he would just always, I mean, very inappropriate humor. <laughs> which I appreciated, but like, again, like trying to like being out in public and just doing weird, strange things and not knowing, I think wanting me to see it probably, but being completely oblivious to the rest of the world around us, like looking at him, like, who, what is this man doing? Um, I, I just, I find him, I, I find him, he was hilariously funny. And again, later in life you know like kathy said i think it took him time to get to that point but i mean he, he was just it was always um trying to trying to make things fun trying to think um did we dress as spies well yeah we did do that <laughs> we 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 dressed as spies we did a lot when we were in montana <laughs> and, and those places we did uh, with, with Corey was with us we did a lot of um, dressing up, um, and I remember, I opposed, remember, he was not opposed one, to putting on some funny stuff. We've shown some no, pictures here. No, not at all. And I remember, I remember when we lived in Montana and Corey had, had started driving and Corey would drive she and I around to school functions or those type of things. And Corey was not the greatest driver in the world. That's being kind. Corey's thing was instead of putting the brakes on and slowly pulling into a parking spot, she would get like 10 feet away and yak on the emergency brake. <laughs> and we just like skid and slide into a stop and it would make me insane. And I told dad, I said, can you please talk to her about this and tell her 
to stop doing that? And he, he says, well, Cory drives the way Cory drives, and that's okay. She could, and I, I just, and then, you know, I was like, okay, this is, you know, and then he would just look at her and wink or something and be like, it's, it's, it's all right. Corey and dad had a really kind of a special relationship, I think. And Mm -hmm. she would come when he was up here on her days off, she would come and get him and take him on what she called field trips. She would take him out to lunch and they would go and da 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 da, you know. And I always felt after Corey passed away, I always felt so bad because I thought, I need to do those things. I need to do with Frank the things that Corey did. And I was just telling Carla recently. And I finally realized that I'm not Corey. And, you know, and it can't, I can't do Corey. But she, they had, they had a, a different relationship. Corey and dad definitely had a different relationship than dad and I had. We had a fine relationship at the end, but. Yeah, I um, think it was a, I think it was a definitely a, uh, a different perspective for, for all of us, honestly. Yeah. And, but Carla made a point earlier where he, she said something and he said, it was more like, um, you know, do what you want. Do, you know, do, do, do you, do you basically. But I think another part of it, which a lot of people don't know was that, um, we all very in various times and situations put Frank through a lot. <laughs> yeah. Through a lot. All every one of us. Yeah. You and know, was, speak for yourself, first, dude. No, you, you put come okay. on. Come on. He was always he was always the most non-judgmental, giving, you know. I mean, I, I, you're right. I gave him, <laughs> I gave him plenty of opportunity to lose his complete mind with me, but it was always more. Let's let's you know, tell me tell me what's going on and how can I how can I help? Dad was very non-confrontational. Mom, not so much. Dad was very. <laughs> Okay, you know, whatever. He definitely didn't want to get into it with anybody. It was kind of okay, fine, you do your thing. I think, but he I had think strong he opinions. That down to his kids. He would express opinions very definitely. I mean, he didn't hold back if he had a strong opinion about politics or even someone's life. You know, he'd, he'd say. I, it. I've, I've heard Frank and Rick get into it a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, Take a time here. Some some special memories, the the heart touching memories and thoughts that you have. And I I'll lead off on this one. I can remember a couple of different things, but I remember um, one time. This was after we'd gone to live with him, Kathy. And I'm not even sure if if the rest of the kids were with us yet. But you and one of our dear friends, Connie, were getting ready to go out for the evening. We we're going to go to a movie or something. And and you weren't excluded. I mean, Kathy never excluded me from anything in her life, which was amazing. Even when I was a dorky kid. He went on my honeymoon with me. Uh What's that? I said you went on my honeymoon with me. Yeah. But uh, Kathy and Connie were going to go to a movie and I just, I, I, they would have let me come along, but I didn't have any money. And uh, I was in the kitchen. It's kind of, I wasn't doing, I wasn't trying to like sulk visibly, but I was disappointed. And dad walked into the room, very quietly handed me, some money and said, why don't you go along with them this evening? Just very quietly, didn't make a big deal about it. And I, so I said, Hey, Kathy and Connie's okay. If I come along. Yeah, sure. But it was just those little moments like that, that he would do things that weren't visible. 
You know, he uh, dad very often, just like he wasn't confrontational, he would do things that were off that was off, often do things in the background that were very meaningful. And I mean, I could name any number of things, but that was just one that popped to mind. How about for some of you? He didn't do anything for me. <laughs> no, I, I remember when I was a, a single, young single mom and Frank, uh, geez, I can't even think of all the times he took, took me and the boys out to eat or invited me for breakfast on a, on a, you know, weekend morning, we went out a lot. Um, you know, that's just one thing he did for me during that time. He did a lot. Corey referred to dad occasionally as the bank of Frank. <laughs> if she needed to borrow some money or something, she would call the bank of yeah. Frank. Yeah. yeah. He was generous. He was really, was. you know, for somebody who, I mean, he was very frugal in when it came to money. Dad was mm -hmm. extremely frugal. I wouldn't say he was, you know, a penny pincher, but he was extremely frugal. And yet for his kids, if there was a legitimate need and he could be a legitimate source, again, without making a big deal about it, he was there. Yeah. Scott, anything? Uh, so many. Um, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to pick. You one. know, one one that sticks with me, and and sorry, this is going to be kind of difficult. Um, when we got to see him the last time we saw him, um, and we were all down in Utah, um, and, and I don't think I don't mean it as a slight to any of you, and and I don't think he meant it as a slight to any of you either. But when he would need to go and and use the restroom and he wouldn't let anyone else take him yeah but me yeah and i mean i uh, you know i don't think any of us really ever talked to him you know a, a lot in in depth about you know how much time was left or but i think we all knew um you know around that that time uh, that was october um and and, and uh yeah, I just remember he, you know, he, he would he would make it known that he wanted me to do it. And I just remember, you know, we'd get him back in his walker and put it and he would put his hand on my hand, you know, as we went back. And it was just, you know, Frank wasn't a big I love you guy. He wasn't a big shower of emotion. He didn't have to be. I mean, it was it was just there. Um, yeah. and, uh, and it was things like that. It was, it was, it was small things, you know, uh, a touch or a word or, or something that he would, he would throw out there that would convey everything. I, I want to throw this in Scott, because you, you brought this up the last time that I did see dad, it was that last week that we were all there with him just, just a week before he passed away. And I had come into the airport and had a, a rental car separate from the rest of you who had come in from out of state. And so I stopped at the, at the care center one more time to talk to him. And, and I did ask him, I said, how do you feel about this, this whole, you know, where you're at and your health and, and the unknowns about that. And his response was typically frank. He said, I didn't expect to live this long. You know, he, he somewhat took all of that in stride. I never saw him, I'm sure it affected him, but I never saw him, 
stressed or or depressed about it visibly at least and then this kind of goes back to the funny i i asked him i said how do you feel about the fact that you know for so long you've been very independent and now you're you, you have to have help putting your clothes on in the shower every you know going to the bathroom everything you do how, how does, does that bother you he says uh I've been paying for that extra help here all along. Now I'm, I'm getting the help. You know, I paid for it. Besides, who can argue with having several young ladies help you in the shower? You know, I mean, it's just, again, typically dad, you know. Well, I, I, think, I think that kind of plays into, you know, dad's demeanor with us and the way we grew up as he was older. You know, when it, when it came time to, um, you know, tell him he couldn't drive anymore. Mm -hmm. or or tell him that he needed to to go to a facility to be cared for and we stressed we we spent days and weeks stressing how do we talk to yeah. him about this how do we do it what do we say you know and we'd go to him and say hey dad you know we we don't think you can drive anymore you shouldn't be driving he went okay okay uh, dad um, you need to you need to go to a care facility so you can have care okay i mean it was it was uh, you know again i think with our upbringing and 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 you know, like I said, Frank down, Frank passed down his, um, um, you know, non-conflict <laughs> type of personality that we would just, you know, we, I remember just us sitting around going, what do we say? How do we do this? What do we, you know, I think we made Rod bring up the moving to yeah. Utah thing to the facility because none of us wanted to. And and, it it uh, turned out to be very simple. Yeah. And he was just, all right, that sounds great. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> listen, we could go on. I mean, I, gosh, several other things we could talk about. And I want to thank the people who are tuned in today. So many of you knew dad and you've made your own comments and we may not have highlighted every single one of them, but believe me, they're, they're special. And what we didn't get a chance to catch, we'll go back and read every one of us. Um, I guarantee that. And uh, Kathy, Carla, Scott, don't go anywhere yet, but I just want to say thank you to the three of you for being on here and sharing your memories, joining me and sharing memories. So many more that we could share and hopefully we'll have more opportunities to do that. And for those of you out there, I hope that, that you will think about and, and find ways to share the memories that you have of your own dads. I want to very quickly, because we're already running a little bit over time, I want to share a little bit about what's coming up in the next few weeks on coffee breaks. Next week, we're going to be talking about what I think is a fun topic. It's actually very interesting. I've been doing some research on the how often should we types of things. There, there are manufacturers and distributors and service providers actually have guidelines for a lot of things that we don't think about how, about how often we should do certain things. How often should you wash certain articles of clothing or bedding or that type of thing? What do the experts say from a health and sanitary standpoint? And also not wearing your clothes out too quickly. How often should you shower or wash your hair? How often should you replace your toothbrush, replace your underwear? There's just a bunch of things. We're going to talk about some of those. And uh, you can share some of, some of your ideas. I know. I will not be a guest next week. Um, this one's going to be kind of cool. Uh, in, in two weeks, there is a brand new technology, a brand new item actually out on the market that's it's not even completely available uh, to the commercial market yet but it is a new safety device both from the standpoint of of hearing safety but also environmental safety for those who work in certain settings construction um, airports even even first responders and the fun thing is 
we are actually going to, I will actually have this new technology on and we're going to demonstrate it on the air in two weeks cool. with one of the creators who is also a professional uh, record producer and studio engineer by the name of Rob Roy. And so that's going to be taking place in a couple of weeks. I think that's going to be cool, interesting and fun. And then in three weeks, we're actually going to have follow-ups on a number of the guests who've been on Coffee Breaks with Steve in the last year or so. And they're going to be back on some cases. They're just providing updates that we can share, that I can share through some written updates. Some of them are providing brief videos of themselves sharing those updates. So we're going to find out what's been going on with people who we got to hear about the things that they were working on, the projects they had coming up, and uh, get a little bit of an update from, from several of them. We'll be on that one, right? I would think so. I think you need to come on and talk about what you're doing since today. Um, <laughs> If you have topics, you have guest ideas that you would like to have us share on the air, please let me know. You can reach me at cbwsteve at comcast.net. You can also private message me if you're with me on Facebook. But just let me know your ideas. A number of those ideas that you have shared have become the topics and the guests that we've had on here. So I want to make sure that we acknowledge that. Hey, guys, um, thank you once again for being here. Kathy, Carla, Scott. Hope you all get a chance in your own ways to do whatever celebrating for Father's Day that you're going to be doing. And that goes for all of you out there. And whether it's celebrating Father's Day, whether it's just reaching out to your community in a way that is special, meaningful for you, find a difference to make, find a way, boy, I'm going to need more coffee even after this, find a way to make a difference in your world this week. God bless you. Have a great week.